Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Okay, uh, Panthers versus Eels. So when Cleary got suspended, I was pretty concerned. Just I just thought he's a human being. He's going to need at least 80 minutes to ease his way back in, just to get the timings and everything. Look, you can train as much as you want. You can train as, as much as you want, but there's nothing like a game. And look, I'll be honest, I think that the first 40, he was, he was just a really good kicker doing everything right. But then the second 40, he just exploded onto the to the game. Now, that may be because Para, I felt, dominated field position for most of that first half. Uh, but, look, I was absolutely wrong. He did not need a game. Luai didn't need a game together. Cleary was absolutely phenomenal. And I think that if the other games weren't as crazy as they were, he would be just all over the headlines all weekend. Uh he was amazing. Yeah, so I was absolutely wrong about that. He didn't need an extra game. He was good to go. Um, what did you think about Para versus Eels? Oh, sorry, <laughs> Penrith versus Eels. Good God. Uh, yeah, this Panthers-Eels game, uh, obviously you mentioned Nathan Cleary came back after a couple of weeks off. And, like, if you watched that game just in a vacuum, you would have no idea that Nathan Cleary had had a few weeks off. Mm-hmm. He just did not miss a beat. And there was that set where he, he put in that perfect little kick for Dylan Edwards, obviously <coughs> – a little set play they'd come up with. And doesn't it just show, like, just a game of inches? They put Clint Gutherson out of position by about half a metre, mm. and that's all that that's all that Nathan needed to get mm. a perfect there. They kick off, he makes a line break, he backs it up again, and he puts Fisher-Harris under the sticks. He just went to a new level, Nathan Cleary. He obviously owned the, the final series last year, but it would be scary if he owns two big final series in a row. We, we were speaking about it there. The only... Domain, like I know he's won three series. Really, the only domain left to conquer is Origin. You mean you could say international footy, but it's probably not. I guess. Do we really look back at like Cam Smith, Joey, and Lockie and go, "Oh, they dominated Australia, so they're," you know, maybe the the times are changing. But I think Origin is the pinnacle that you need to dominate. Yeah. And hopefully, times are changing. But I think it's Origin that matters. It's mm. Origin that where you look back, and that's where. Greats become legends mm, for sure. I mean, even even players that at club 
were solid become legends because of the origin 100%. arena. Yeah. Um, like is, is there a greater compliment than being called an origin player? Yeah. Like a really true is. origin player that's going to show up every single week. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Gagai is a perfect example of that. Like he's, he's been really solid for the Rabbitohs. But if you just looked at that part of his game, you'd be like, oh, he's a good, really good outside back. But then if you put him in origin, or when you look at his origin, you go, it, it, it elevates his career to, oh, you put him as one of the better centers mm. for like, a long time yeah or at least on par uh with some of the best centers yeah and you look at like a wally lewis who's an immortal of our game you know never won a premiership in the nrl did a heap up uh, up in the um brisbane competition obviously but it's origin that elevates him to another level and that's that's the last thing that nate has to conquer for me yeah and it, like look you could make he's had good games in origin for mm. sure um but he's dominated the club land for especially so when you look at all the great halves they all have origin series that they dominate and they own and you remember that <coughs> as their series and I mean that's how like, like people can get stuck into Nathan and say he hasn't owned that arena yet which is fine I, I, I agree with you but the scary thing is he could still have another 10 origin yeah, series he's 24 24 yeah he's 24 like it's kind of like like it's it's a compliment to him like people don't it's it's actually haters that say it sometimes that they're too harsh on Cleary but it's a compliment to him because we're comparing him to the greats of our game we're going oh Cleary he's nearly a great he just needs to dominate origin and then boom he's there um I, th I think he's still got to you know got to do a lot in his club career but I'm just the natural progression is obviously but he, he couldn't be in a better spot oh. to achieve as far as his club career goes well I mean with the, I, I spoke about it on uh on Friday the Panthers are going for back-to-back -back and we haven't even talked about it. Like, we haven't even talked about it. No one has sat there and gone, like, for example, when the Roosters went back-to-back, -back, we talked about it all the time. And rightly so, it hadn't happened in a very long time. But there's always, there's been plenty of other years where when teams go back-to-back, -back, we're talking about, nah, they'll be fatigued, it's very hard, like, to get up for that second grand final. Haven't heard a peep about that for the Panthers. And I know people hate ifs and whatnot but in my opinion if Cameron Smith would have retired a year earlier they'd be going for three in a row this year yeah probably yeah it's uh yeah I mean I think Storm yeah I, I I agree like I hate to say you know well if Cam Smith was still playing or whatever but it just shows you in those big games you need those big players and it's like and and it, like I'd even say Latrell like he's just this big game player Cleary he's a big game player like Every uh, Ballantyne Holmes, big game player. Like there are very just different players that just seem to find a way to make something special happen in the big games. Um, but anyway, back to the Panthers. Uh, they were absolutely amazing. I thought that the uh, Eels really. Well, first of all, the first thing that concerned me with the Eels, even though they dominated that first twenty, and I've got it in my notes here, Cleary's first two kicks, no pressure. Yep. And I was sitting there going, how is that possible? How is that possible? Yeah, I, I would have thought that would have been the first thing that would, have been, that would have been at the top of their checklist for this game. He needs to be whacked every, like, you want to put him on the ground. You don't have to, you know, you, you want him getting up and down off the ground as much as he possibly can in this game. Yeah. Mate, he had all the time in the world for those kicks. I think there was, like, maybe one or two kicks where he had a bit of pressure, but... Uh, so I, when I saw that, I was like, that's really bad signs because it shows me that they're just not in the right headspace and it's it's a bit of a hard one though because then they went on to to dominate the next 20 and they I thought aside from an error or two in that I thought they were pretty good in the first half you know they were pretty good they were great they were seven six up um but I do think they missed a lot of opportunities that they could have 
capitalize on. And then when the Panthers got those opportunities, they did capitalize on them. Mm. Uh, like yeah. he, he had 23 kicks the other night. Far out. 700 metres or something he kicked for, yeah, I think? 627. Yeah. I just, like, I, I, I don't remember there being that many times when he was under any pressure at all. And mm. especially when he was putting up the kicks that he's putting up. You know, like, he, he obviously picked out Wonga Blake very early. Unfortunately for Wonga Blake, he's got these games in him. And when you've got a halfback like Nathan Cleary, he will find you. But... Like, you could tell the entire time where they were going to set up their set to put the bomb up to Wonga Blake. Parramatta had a whole set to prepare for all of them. Mm, mm. And still nothing. It was super surprising. Like, I, I just... I couldn't believe it. I was like, how is it possible that you're going into a grand... Uh, essentially a grand final, because you're arguably two of the favourites, and you're not kick-pressuring Cleary? Like, everyone knows that if there's one thing to take away from the Panthers is his kicking game. And his kicking game is what was a difference. It really was. Like, like what was there? A try, like two tries? Well, so, so there was a try from a kick from Edwards, but then there also the other tries came after Wonga Blake's errors, which were from yeah. kicks. Well, the, the, yeah, the, the Brian Toe first try came directly off that play where he knocked yep. on and the boys flicked to each other. Like, mate, I would have gone as far as to give away an early penalty in the game just to, to whack Nathan Cleary off a kick and let him know <coughs> we're here. Yeah. I want, we, I want you thinking about every time you kick the ball, I want you scared that someone's coming in to smash up. Yep. Um, legally, of course, not, not illegally. Um, yeah, it's just – I mean, legally is in like don't head high him or anything like that. But at the same time, if it's a little bit late, within not head high him, you know what I'm saying? So it can yeah. be a little bit late, but don't be a fucking grub and head yeah. high the bloke. Um, you rough him up like you can do in rugby league. Oh, I couldn't believe the first one. He wasn't roughed up. Yeah, neither. Held to the ground and just have a grubby moment. Like, yeah. that's part of rugby league. It's part of getting in their heads. It's, it's, um, I mean, like, I, I, I thought the opening few minutes of South Sydney's game was a classic example. Mm-hmm. Went straight for Radley. Got under his skin straight away. Well, <laughs> and it made a statement. Yeah, well, it's funny because it was like, Radley almost picked Milne out because of the issue of Crichton Milne from last week. Mm. Um, yeah, fuck. Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Uh, so, look, this is, a, this is a hard game because, like, it was a dominant performance by the Panthers. Uh, but the Eels were, you know, they went into the break at 7-6. They went into the break at 7-6. I thought uh, Moses' kicking game was really good the first half. Um, but... I thought the forward pack in regards to go forward put them in the right positions to to score, but I just thought their goal line uh, attack was was really uh, – it was wanting. It was wanting. Yeah, there was a big moment there where Moses, he came up with two forced dropouts in about three minutes. One of them was an absolute cracker. He saw Dylan Edwards up in the front line, dropped Four, it in behind. Yeah. It was perfect. 40-20 attempt, was it? And he knocked it yeah, back yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, but there was the one off the two four. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that, that, yeah. that was the first one. And then they went, the one where he picked uh, Edwards in the front line. Yeah. And then Nathan Cleary had the dropout and, you know, Junior obviously dropped it off the back of that. They then lost their challenge. Then they gave away, I think, a penalty in the next set. It was a real... You know, as much as I think it was the eighth or ninth minute, mm. it was already a little bit of a turning point. Yeah, like Penrith are that good; you cannot let them get away. Like if, you, if you've got them down their end, you, you have got to, points. Oh, mate, you have to come back with points. Yeah, you have to. If it's two points, whatever, you have to just build scoreboard pressure. And if you give them a sniff, they make you pay every single time. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's crazy because they only scored four tries, but they're twenty-seven. 
Yeah. You know? So it's just like they they just they take everything. They take every every little like if there's a little bit of fat in the game, they're cutting it off. They're just finding whatever they need to find. Twenty uh, four tries and twenty seven, you know, points it means that like then they're not missing anything. Yeah, and my, I, I thought there was a number of times, especially with that Penrith left edge. That, that's where I thought they'd get a lot of points out of them, and I thought early they were, they were going to be able to get them. To Parramatta's credit, I thought they defended that edge pretty well <coughs> across the entire game. Like there was a number of times where Penrith was still in the front fort, and I thought, geez, Parramatta, they didn't panic there. Their cover defense was pretty good. He gets into this game, and they've they've beaten them by twenty points. Yeah, it's um yeah. So the first half was good. The second half, though, for the Eels, that completion rate. In a finals game, it's unforgivable. Mm. It's unforgivable. And then, look, the Eels, the players, the best thing they can do is just forget about it and move on. Because if they start to become negative on themselves, it's just they're not going to have the confidence to be able to, to, to win their next week. But, you know, we have to talk about it because it's what happened. Like, that is just unforgivable, that second half completion rate. It, it reminded me a lot of when the Sharks played them a couple of weeks ago. Mm. The Sharks really stuck to their game plan. They kicked early. They went hard at them for the first half. And then you just have a 10-minute period where you drop off with a couple of errors. Parramatta, run, they, they just run away from you. They're mm. gone. It's like they're, 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 they're playing chicken as far as who's going to hold longer here mm. without an error. And as soon as you fuck up... They just go bang. Like yeah. they, they also had Taylor May off for a Symbian. They won that period. They scored more points than Parramatta in that 10-minute period. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like – and that's the thing. I think Eels will really rue this game because it was there. It wasn't like the, it wasn't like the Panthers came out and blew them off the park. The Eels – I felt they controlled most of the first half. There were periods, obviously, where the, the Panthers, you know, bounced back. But I, I thought, you, you know – the Eels were just the better side in the first half. And then the second half, just that many. 14 errors in a finals game with most of them coming in that second half. Just unforgivable. I think it was tough too. I think that against just about any other team in this competition, I think there was two times that where Sivo, he would have scored. Mm. But Penrith's cover defence, mm. it's just incredible. They just have numbers everywhere. And there was times where Parramatta's defence was the same. Once again, you just you give this Penrith side a sniff and they're gone. Can I ask you, do you think Nathan Cleary would have kicked a field goal before halftime if Mitch Moses mm. didn't go for it? Except before, did he put the idea in his head? Was it a bit of a um, one-up? What do you reckon? No, I think Cleary goes for it anyway. I think you reckon? He, yeah, I think... Because, like, think about it. If Let's say Moses doesn't. They're sitting at six-all. Mm. You think Cleary isn't smart enough if he's got the ball down their end when the, well, he's got, like, a minute to go to bang over a field goal? Because he's done it before. Before halftime, Cleary? He has, yeah, has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, okay. Cleary's definitely hit field goals before halftime. Um, do you reckon it was a direct answer? Oh, I just reckon that he sort of, like, it was in the 37th minute. So, like, th- there was enough time for them to put up a huge, uh, another one of those huge bombs and, mm. and, and to take them on. So, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not sure if it would have been in Nate's mind had Moses not taken that shot, yeah. given them the seven tackle set. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it was great. It, like, regardless of whether he intentionally or did whatever, it's just great to see. It's, it's, just, yeah, it's yeah. just great theatre. Um, sorry, so, sorry, the, the Panthers went in at, at halftime 7-6 up. Yeah, they are up by yeah, one. Yeah, apologies. Yep. I thought the – I don't know why I'm remembering the the Eels being up by one anyway. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that makes the first half even more disappointing for the Eels because uh, – like, they had opportunities, like, plenty of opportunities. Um, anyway, the second half rolls around. 
And yeah, those those uh, errors were just unforgivable. Like, that's my concern. Like now with the yields, is like I've seen them in finals footy, and you know we've seen them lift in these big games, and they they definitely lifted in the first half. It was essentially a draw, seven six to the Panthers. But then when the where the going got tough, they just it just didn't it just all seemed to fall apart. And look, Moses went off for sure, and people were saying that like they were still in the game with Moses um, like on the field. I tend to disagree. I thought Panthers were on top of them by then. I really yeah, do. I, I sort of felt like it was done. They were just waiting to land that last knockout blow. Um, you spoke of the, the second half. Like, Parramatta, they came out of the sheds. They they received the ball off the kickoff. They made 35 metres on their first set. Wow. Off the kickoff. Like, wow. And I, I, I've been keeping a really close eye on the Penrith Panthers throughout this season. They're... Their sets after points mm. are so much better than anyone else in this competition. It's not even funny. Mm. There, was, there was only one set after points or a kickoff <coughs> set on the weekend where Par- where Penrith didn't cross halfway before last. Wow. Wow. And then you turn it around in Parramatta. They had the whole second half of their season, you know, oh, n- not season on the line, but opportunity to earn that week off, r- beat the top team in this competition. They came up with 35 metres. And obviously it was it was a big set for Penrith to start that second half as well. But like with that Parramatta pack and the team they've got, you should be at least crossing the 40 metre line. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. It's uh, So, yeah, with Parra, I'm a bit... It's, again, it, regardless of the result, you just don't know what's going to turn up next week. Because like this, that, this could turn out to be Parra this gives them fire and all of a sudden they come out next week and they kill it. I will say though that the the idea of them winning the first game and only having th- play three games to win the premiership is much more appealing than like the, the can the Eels play four games to win a premiership. Mm. I'm uh, I'm beginning to doubt. And that, that, that was always going to be the test. That's what, that's what we spoke about all year that it's, you know, if you do get that, that one week off, then your season starts again and, and you've got two games of footy you need to win. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, you, you've got to play three games in a row. You've got to win three games in a row. You've got to take on Canberra at the moment who are playing with house money. They're, they're just in the perfect spot that they want to be in. Mm. It's yeah, <coughs> I can't wait for those two forward packs to go at each other. Oh, mate, it's going to be incredible, incredible. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll talk about specific specifics with the Eels. Um, I thought Dill Brown was quiet. though he was quiet. I, I didn't think he... It was just such a weird game because like I'm watching it and I don't know whether it was Panthers' incredible defence that kind of kerfuffled the the uh, the Eels because mm. like they're going insets like they didn't look really dangerous at all, um, or whether it was Dill Brown being a bit quiet and not getting involved in the game as much as he should have. I just don't know what the what the answer is. But regardless of of why, we do know that you know Dill was a bit quiet. Um, I thought. Uh, well, um, Gutho had his moments, but I thought he was a little bit quiet. Moses was really good kicking-wise, but again, like I thought their forward pack got them in the right field positions, and I thought they were a little bit let down by the execution of the backs. Um, because even even Penrith's one try, it was Reed Marnie that, that set it up. Yeah. Um, so that's one area where I feel like the, the, the Eels' backs need to really step up next week, where if the, the Panthers' forwards are going to do all that hard work and get them in the right field position and get them in a game. Because that's the thing. I don't think anyone would argue the Panthers, the, the Eels forward pack, put them in a position to win that game, in my opinion. If they, put it this way, if they go down and score two or three tries when they were dominating in that first half, 
they could go in at like 12 to 16 um, to 6. Yeah. It's a very de- different second half that then. Completely different. Completely yeah. different. And I know people are like, oh, you're speaking about what ifs, rah, rah. I'm, yes, that's a what if, but I'm talking about specifics of how they can improve. And it's, it's in my opinion, it's the backs. I just didn't think they delivered. And that's all the way from, you know, 6, 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I just didn't think they delivered the same as the forwards. And as much as they're, you know, you know, what ifs and all this, like in finals footy, those just just being in front on the scoreboard going into halftime, mm. like Parramatta would have sit, sat there and gone, fuck, we just went, we threw everything we had at this mob. Yeah. These fuckers are still up. Well, they're up, yeah, 7-6, like somehow, some way. Psychologically, that's been, and I also think it would have had an impact on Parramatta that Penrith took their play, went down the other end and nailed it perfectly. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of ifs and everything. There was a pass, you know, there was a few times coming out of their own end, like there was, it was a guffo forward pass to Sevo. Mm. Like just these plays that were just not on, and it, it come back to once again just playing <coughs> rugby league chicken. Who can who can hold in it mentally for longer? And Penrith, they just don't fall out. Mm, they don't. But and that's my concern with the Eels is like when you look at got teams like the Cowboys, the Sharks, the Rabbitohs, the Raiders. I'd probably the Raiders, like yeah, put the Raiders in there because Ricky. Oh, maybe a little bit out of that category. But when you look at Cowboys, Sharks, Rabbitohs. The mental toughness they showed to hang in those games was yep. fucking wild. They didn't break for a second. And then for the, the Eels to come out in that second half, from their first 10 sets, they had 50% completion rate. It's just like you're not winning finals games doing that. And that's where the game was lost. It's, it's, it was lost in that first 10 sets of the second half. And that's where part of me also wonders, like, you know, all those other teams that held in their contest, I wonder if they could have done it to the Penrith Panthers. Mm. As well, like I, I don't want to, you know, like you know, obviously your, your completion rate, you're in control of it and everything, but it's oh, obviously we can't. But I'd love to be out there and just see how hard it is to handle this Penrith Panthers mm. side. But some of the errors were unforced, like, oh, like yeah, for, for sh- example, you know, Wonga Blake, like he was let down by his forwards in regards to they didn't kick pressure. Um, Cleary, but like as a winger, that's your job. You mm. gotta, you gotta catch them. And look, you might drop one. But what do you end up dropping, like four? Yeah, four or five, I think it was. Um, yeah. So the, the Wonga Blake one, the, the concern with Wonga Blake, and, and we all know he's talented, like, and we thought he'd found his position in as on the wing. But unfortunately now, like, do you take him into the next game? I don't think I could. Because, like, that's, that's basically, like, for, I don't know, like maybe he catches it next week. Mm. But if he doesn't, it's a guaranteed... Yeah. Attacking set And you know straight away That the first kick That goes up It's going straight to Wonga Blake 100% And, and if he don't Like if, if he drops that first one You know Respectfully to Blake You know it, it can get in his head We've seen it in the past It's not like this week Was one off mm. uh, Nathan Cleary Knew it going into this week And like He's not the only one In the competition It's like There's a heap of wingers And it's a hard job But Bucket can be costly Well Look Like three or four Drop balls you could say that's 12 points, like minimum. Mm. You take 12 points off the 27, what are you looking at? You're looking at 15, it's 15-8. Um, and look, again, this is not to say that the Eels would have won if Wonga Blake didn't drop those balls. Like, there was errors all over the place. So, But uh, but it's it's a clear connection between some points that were scored because of errors. And so the game's very different if it's 15-8. Mm. Uh, it's what... It's like two tries. Is it? 
Yeah. There'll so be, it's not far off. A, con- yeah, a conversion, yeah. you're, it's 15-14. You get yeah. one try, it's 15-14. Um, and so, yeah, look, Wonga Blake, his talent is there for everyone to see. He's ball running, some of the plays. He scored one of the best tries you'll ever see uh, a couple of weeks ago. But very concerned in regards to that high ball. I, I would honestly, and, it, and it's de- like I hate to say it, like it would be hard to pick him. It would be hard. But then it also, you then got to consider you're obviously coming into a sudden death game where you're going to change up your wing and centre combo as well. Mm. And you've got to remember they're playing um, the Canberra Raiders this week. So it would mean that they're changing their combos on their right edge to handle <coughs> Jack, Hudson Young, do you think, Sebi Chris. Do, do, do you think that picking Wonga Blake will be okay because they don't have – the same kicking ability Potentially as And I think we do need To take that into consideration I think it's fair to probably say Matt Burton's got the best Foot in rugby league As far as bombs go Nathan Cleary couldn't possibly Be any lower Yeah he's close Second For sure And you could argue He's, he's At times has got more control Over those mm. As well Yeah that's so, a good point That's a good point um, Yeah I don't know it's, it's hard changing up Your edge combinations Especially on the edge That the Raiders love to go down mm. It's massive Um but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, to be honest with you, I've been in similar situations when I've sort of thought before after games that Corey Oates has played. He's yep. another guy that if he drops one, you, drop you can normally get two or three out of Corey Oates. Mm. And I've sort of had games where I've thought, fuck, I don't know if I'd pick him this week off the mm. back of last week. And many times the Broncos have backed him in and he's bounced back really well. Mm. It's a test for Brad Arthur. Yeah. See what he does. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'd probably – it's hard to pick him, but I'd probably lean with picking him mm. and just – and focusing on, okay, yes, Wonga Blake dropped those balls. And, you know, one or one or two, okay. But outside of that, you've probably got to make them. But I'd be putting more onus on the kick pressure. I'd be getting into my forwards going, boys, how come there was barely any kick pressure yep. on Cleary all night long? Now, I'd understand if there was kick pressure all night long and this just happened to be the four kicks that weren't kick pressure. But unfortunately, now I don't know whether this was because uh, Penrith were so good at getting quick play of the balls on their fourth tackle or fifth tackle. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was the case. But I'd be doing everything I can to be putting kick pressure on the kicker to at least help Wonga Blake because that's that's half the battle. Like, half the battle is Wonga Blake catching it. But half the, if you want to help your teammate, half the battle is is making that kick hard to do. Mm. You shouldn't be able to be hitting floaters that, that regularly. Um, so I'd probably stick with him uh, just because I guess I'd have to ask myself, you know, who would you have to bring in? Would be Bailey. Well, it'd be Bailey. He hasn't played since round nineteen in first grade. And so. also, like, you know, is Bailey a known safe as anything winger? No, he's also got an arrow to him. Great ball runner, incredible ball runner. So I'd probably stick with him and my I would put a massive onus on saying to my forwards, you've got to help him out, mate. You know how hard that job is? Like just like when the wingers come in and scoot and help you out, forwards, you need to help the him out. That job of catching that ball is like, you know, very rarely would a guy go four from four catching those balls because it's just – they're floating everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing with Bailey as well, you have to consider like, yes, Wonga, he has got those errors in him, but fuck, there's a lot of other moments throughout games where I'd rather have Wonga Blake on that yeah. edge. Yeah, like the Bailey positives well. that he brings. Yeah. yeah, he can be a game breaker at times. He's he's um, as great finisher, um, good ball carrier. So, yeah, re- really I felt, I felt so bad for him because yeah. it's just like – those bombs are a nightmare to catch. And, yeah, it's his job, his profession. There's no denial. We've just, you know, discussed all that. But at the end of the day, you've got to feel sorry for the bloke because it's not like he's intentionally missing those catches. And as much as, you know, obviously the Raiders don't have a kicker like Nathan Cleary, you can put money on 
that those halves will be putting up and saying to Hudson Young, you need to whack him. Yeah. Everything you need to be there when he comes down. And yeah. fuck, won't Hudson love that? Oh, he will absolutely love it. Even Sebi Chris, like two big bodies there that all get down. Yeah. Even Jack White when he charges, when he chases his kicks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tough one. Now the bench for the Eels. Um, oh, I don't know how I feel about the bench. I just... It could end up being decent that um, Jacob Arthur came on because Mitch Moe's got injured. I think they probably need a bigger body in, in a cart right on the bench instead of Arthur. Uh, maybe even Nathan Brown. What about and, Nathan Brown suddenly reappearing? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's strange, isn't it, right now? Like, anyway, um, I just don't know if he's – like, it was great that he, he got all the time during the year, Jacob Arthur. It was great that he, you know, he had that moment against Manly. But finals footy, I just don't know if he's ready for it yet. And I think on the weekend we kind of saw that. He came in, poor def- defensive error. He also kicked the ball out in the full. Yep. Um, he had one good, really good pass to Wonga Blake. But I'm just unsure as to whether he's ready for that um, – that role just yet. And it's rightly, he's a, he's, a, he's a young footy player. These things take time. I don't know if I'd be going with him on the bench. Especially, you know, he's an out-and-out seven. Mm. Like, you can't chuck him in at nine. He's not the sort, he's not like a Matty Burton time where you can chuck him at centre or whatever. Like, you either have to use him in the halves, and personally, mm. you have to use him at halfbacks. And it did work out that Mitch Moses was injured. But personally, if I'm Parramatta, if Mitch Moses goes down, I think you're fucked anyway. Mm. I just don't see any point carrying <clears> a seven like him. And I thought... Coming into this game against the Penrith Panthers with the pack that they've got, it blew me away. Well, like what what I'm a bit surprised at is like, why not put Bryce Cartwright on there? Dylan Brown goes to seven, Cartwright goes to six. Surely Dylan Brown is is a a solid option for seven. Like I think, I mean, yeah, is he going to be as good as Mitch Moses? No, but I think he's going to be solid at seven if you need him to play there. Just get the boys around the park. Like yep. he's a footy player. Yeah, so, and I mean, mate, even when Mitch Moses went down and you've got Jake Arthur in the team, I still want Dill Brown running it. That's what I mean. When he I came on, I thought he would. to Jake Arthur. It's going to be Dill Brown anyway. So for me, you might as well have Bryce on there, who is at least has got a little bit of upside. He's a little bit harder to prepare for. You can chuck him in the back row. You can chuck him out in the centres if you're desperate. Mm. I just, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't... Like when he, when he came on, I thought Dill Brown was going to be the guy leading it around still and Jacob Arthur was going to just play second fiddle and whatever but it wasn't like that it at wasn't all. like that and it's been like that throughout the season too whenever like you saw it at the start of the season they were putting Arthur on and moving Dill Brown to centre like mm. Dill Brown sort of goes into his shell when Jacob Arthur is on the field and mm. I think it's at the detriment of the Parramatta Eels and you know and, and to Jake Arthur's credit good <coughs> on him for getting on the field and wanting to take control yeah he's halfback that's his role but Dill Brown's the guy with the hot hand and the experience. He's the one that you want in the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah, look, Jake Arthur is a young rookie. It's we're not like okay, he's got the last name Arthur, so it makes it you know very weird to talk about. Um, but you know his last name could be Smith, and we're we're talking more about the fact he's a rookie. These are big, big games. I'd be I'd be reticent to put any rookie on the bench in a key position that can only play that position. Yeah. Um, regardless like, If you look on the other side of the park Penrith Panthers Like personally I would have picked Eisenhuth on my bench They went for Jamin Salmon But at least Salmon He can jump in the back row He can play six, six Slide out to centre He can cover positions Fullback if he had to Arthur isn't that guy mm. So yeah It's a I don't know if I'd go with it I'd probably bring Jay, Like I'd probably bring Cartwright onto that bench um, Like even Maddo could, You could chuck in at six 100% Maddo you grew know, up playing, playing six. six So I thought Maddo was really good Off the bench uh, I mean, solid. He was solid off the bench. So, uh, you'd almost be better off carrying an extra, 
outside back and then moving Gutho to six over, in my opinion, playing Jake Hart. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point. Gutho definitely can play six. Well, I know, I know. Uh, the Canberra Raiders, when they went to their grand final a few years ago, I'm pretty sure they had Bailey Simonson on their bench. Yeah, yeah. Like, and there's a lot of teams doing that. I just, I don't understand why you would carry an out-and-out halfback who can't play any other position. But that. But that. I think that's just bizarre. Mm. So, yeah, look, I think that's a mistake, unfortunately, um, from Brad Arthur. Uh, and I guess now it's, uh, you know, Brad Arthur is, is under a lot of pressure. Look, I don't, think he, I don't think personally his job should be under pressure if, he, you know, they bounce out twice because just because there's not much out to replace him. Now, look, if Desi Hasler came on the market or a, a Wayne Bennett or something like that, then you go, okay. But I, I think that, like, if they bounce out next week, it's it's almost do or die next like it's almost yeah it's do or die next year first actually first ten weeks it's almost do or die yeah and I in my for opinion Brad. next year is going to be a shocking year for it to be do or die for Brad Arthur because you're going to lose Reid Marnie you're going to lose Isaiah Papali'i it's going to be a tough year and you know granted they haven't won comps in last years but they've set their standard as being a top four team mm. I reckon it's going to be very tough for them to maintain that next year well it's kind of I guess the argument is is like if you can't win a comp with this squad then What's going on? And that's the thing as well. I, I, oh, sorry. It's comps too hard. I apologise. A prelim or a grand final? Yeah. But, I mean, like, you look... I personally think this is the best squad Parramatta has had probably since 2001. Yeah, no, I'd agree. This is their 100%. best opportunity. They are all full strength. They are ready to go. They've fallen out in week one when... You know, granted, it's at Penrith. It's a hard game, but... They are the only team that's been able to beat them the entire year. They would have gone into this one confident. Mm, but it, was, it wasn't the fact they lost. It was the fact that the second half they came out and yeah. had five from ten completion rate. And then the little errors in selection, in my opinion, were on the bench. Like, So, look, anything less than a prelim, in my opinion, for the Eels is, is not good enough. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I reckon he's probably the fifth, sixth, seventh best coach in the NRL. I mean, look at this. He took them from a spoon. <laughs> To now. They were cheating and coming last. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, so, look, it's they've got everything to play for next week. I mean, the players are – this is their window. This is it. It does. It is not, not going to come around again soon, in my opinion, unless they can find someone to replace Reed. Look, they do have Hodgson. So, if he can get back to his best form, then they're, they're absolutely laughing. But losing Isaiah Papali'i, Nia Koro, uh, they're losing another Kafusi. Kafusi, yeah. Like they're losing that that the the depth of the pack that doesn't get the raps it should that you you're not hearing about every week rah rah that depth that's so important yeah, and you got to fill those jerseys at some point yeah and then when when you do have your you know um, Regan Campbell Gillard Junior Bolo when they come off the field you need guys to maintain that yeah. level and I don't know where they're going to get them from mm. I really don't um so yeah don't don't uh, don't hurt me heels I've been backing you to the death all day. All year I've been backing the Eels. But, look, if I'm wrong, happy to say I'm wrong. Uh, now, quickly with the Penny Panthers. Um, yeah, wow. I, what's crazy is I still reckon they've got another gear in them. Um, Leota and Fisher-Harris were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they are, they just silently go about their work. They don't get the same... It's They're a victim of their own consistency. But over the last couple of years, they have taken it to every single four-pack in the comp and nearly pretty much beaten every single four pack in the competition. Uh, They're outstanding. They're absolutely outstanding. I think it's, you know, it, it maybe it's a little bit of because they don't play origin, they don't get the same hype because we, how, how often do we see like, you know, 
players that if they were playing Origin, they'd be all over the papers, this, that, and the next thing. But because it's a, they're, they're not in the, the biggest arena, they don't get the same appreciation. But Leota and Fisher-Harris, you'd have to say, are the best. They've proven it. They're the best combo on the comp. And they got like, for you and me, like, you know, um, Tapano. He puts up these amazing stats every week. It's easy to make posts and draw people's attention to that. Tamalo's the same. James Fisher-Harris, he's one of those guys that his stats don't always ref- – well, the, most of the time they don't reflect how good he is. Mm. It's hard to express in an Instagram post or in a Twitter or whatever the hell it is how important it is to have the biggest alpha on the field. Mm. And he is that guy yeah. every single time. And I think people underappreciate it and we look at – I mean, mate, look, we, 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 we sat here a few weeks ago and went, you know, Payne Haas or Pat Carrigan. I mean, both have better stats than James Fisher-Harris, but I'll tell you what, if you throw Fisher-Harris into that mix, yeah. I'm taking fish. Yeah, like, well, he's proven. He's premiership winner. He's proven on the big stages time and time again. And, you know, he like, he came into this game. Like, I remember when, he, when I first watched him play. <coughs> was he an edge back rower? He was an edge back rower, and he was so much like Mark Guy. He was a looney tune. Yeah. He was just waiting for him to get sent off. <laughs> yeah. He was a maniac. <laughs> And all of a sudden now he's turned into one of the most composed front rowers we've seen in recent years. Mm. Mm. And like yeah. he's got like I don't think anyone would describe James Fisher Harris as like a, a grub or anything like that, but he's just got a way about him that you don't see any players fucking with him. Nah, no way. And he doesn't he doesn't say much. He doesn't he doesn't get through monster stats. He doesn't break. You know he doesn't he doesn't do anything. He just his presence means the world for for Penrith. Yeah, he's the heart of that team. He's, he's, he is. He's, he really is the heart of them. Um, he was outstanding. And Leota as well. I thought Leota's first 20 defence was incredible. Like, he was absolutely folding blokes in that first 20. And again, he, he won't get the raps that he deserves. But, you know, put it this way. If, if, if most people said, oh, I'll give us your top 10 front rowers, I, I think Leota wouldn't even come up with a lot of people. And, mate, James Fisher-Harris would be criminally low as well. Yeah, like it would be – like these guys – but this is the two front row that – this is they're going for their third grand final. This is going for their third grand final. Absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, like Spencer Lenu comes off the bench. He played for 24 minutes. He ran for 80 metres. No, he's, he's so good in pack-wise. He's perfect. And he, he's the kind of guy, as long as he can progress properly, you know, he's an impact player now, but if they can get that to a 60-minute mark, he'll be the next big thing. Yep. He'll be the next big forward. It's just about making sure that development is right, correct, and then eventually, you know, how often do we... I mean, Fisher-Harris is a good example. Came into the grade, rough around the edges, and then they just moulded him into this absolute beast. Spencer Lino, what about when he's on camera going, you have this, uh, the next thing? And, like, as but an... You a, need that. You That's, need it. You yeah. want him willing. And he wasn't saying it to... who He was saying it to he was a big to dog. He was saying to wasn't he? Yeah. Saying to, I, I think who's been probably the best forward the last yeah. two years. So he wasn't... And, like, I'm telling you right now, very rarely do you get people speaking to a big dog like Papali'i like that. You've got to have some fucking balls on you to be squaring up to a guy like Papali'i, which is what you want in a forward pack. And yeah, Especially for a guy like it might fuck. It would be so easy for IPAP to turn around and say, you're playing 20 minutes off the bench, yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. But yeah. he doesn't care. He knows his role. He nails it. He does it every single week. And he knows that that, that team, they're going to get over anyone. Mate, they're just such a pleasure to watch. Such a pleasure to watch. Um, give Isaiah Tungo uh, just quickly. So there's a video recently. Yeah, I saw it. Unbelievable. It's Tago. Yeah. So I don't know whether he has just accidentally said that because he's used to Aussie saying it. I'm I'm in Inception level three now, Guru. I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm trying to do the right thing by the boys and say your names right, but I don't know what's up or down anymore. So 
I guess once again, guys, can you leave in the comment section? Is it Tago or oh, Tungo? Fuck. Oh, so, mate, to be honest, I'm done with the comments. <laughs> NRL, get off your ass, get on the front foot, and have these fellas pronouncing their names before the game start so that we know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You come on here, you go to Nine, you go to Fox, everyone's saying each name differently. And all these blokes, they're, they're too much of good fellas. They're too polite to say, hey, dickhead, here's how you say my yeah. name. Yeah, oh, for sure. The NRL needs to get on the front foot. Yeah. So that we know. Yeah, and, and I guess make them feel comfortable in saying, oh, hang on a sec, it's actually not this, it's that. Yeah, 100%. And they should, it should be at that point. Mm. The NRL needs to do it. They need to change it. See, like, it. people always got my name wrong, Deenan and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind, I don't care. But when it's, I guess, this represents a much bigger thing because it's like mm. a cultural thing. So, mate, I mean, we've, we've ad nauseum, we've spoken about it. This, we have to sort this out. Because, like... I'm up here saying Tango, he's saying Tago, but he might be saying that because everyone calls him that in the street, so he doesn't want to – you know what I mean? He doesn't want people to say this. Anyway, I, the NRL, you're right. We need to sit down with the Polynesian players and all every player, every player, get it recorded audio-wise, and every time they score a try or something happens, it says it. So we all know how to say it correctly. And what's surprising is it's like it's such an easy solution. It's so fucking easy. They're already there for media days. They're all already there. This wouldn't be an extra – tens of thousands that you'd need to spend, they already all, like Fox League, Nine, and the NRL, every single year go around to every club and have media days. It happens every single year. So if there are someone in the NRL or Fox or Nine listening, please do it. Like, they also please. had a media day for all the top eight teams three weeks ago. Yeah, please do it. And I, you know what? I'm telling you, the goodwill you'll get from doing something like that is worth it. You know, the Polynesian community, which is a growing community, and all, also the other ones like, you know, the Travoyeviches and all, like, you know, there's plenty of different heritages with names that are tough to say. Um, it's a boon. It's a boon for the game. It's what we're about. We're about bringing people together and all that kind of and stuff. That's what makes it so hard that people don't see. Like, we'll, we'll say, oh, can someone leave it in the comments? And I'll get five messages from five different people saying, this is how you pronounce it. And it's mm. five different ways. I still stuff up. Paolo, I don't know. I honestly think I'm saying it wrong. I don't well, know. Well, I heard the other day that, that like some, some of the Parramatta boys are like they're also almost confused because all the commentators, I don't know, are saying it completely different. Well, it's funny because Fox now say they don't say Swali'i, they say Suali'i, so they're saying it correctly. I think I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you're right. We're both we're both right. We've been saying it for a while. Get on the front foot, NRL. Get on the front foot. Yeah. Nine Fox. Uh, NRL and, and it's easy for us to tell you to do all this work. We're not doing that at all. We're, we just want what's best for everyone. So. Um, if you can, please, because I think it'd be so good for the for the the boys that do have to struggle with those last names, and they're just trying to be polite, so they say it one way. Like for example, Papali, for years he didn't say it because he just wanted to be polite and didn't want to disrespect anyone. Um, like there's that interview with, with Brian Toto where I think it's Vossi says to him, "Is it Brian too?" When he goes, "No, but it's okay," just because yeah. he's too polite. Yeah, too polite. Too much of a good fella. I think it's. Um, like in their heritage, it's almost like about respecting, like they're very respectful mm. towards. So, um, yeah, anyway, back to the game. Uh, Tago or Tango, uh, like, fuck, he just goes about his work now, doesn't he? He's yeah. almost like a workhorse now, which is bizarre because he has the flash in him. But his consistency has been outstanding. I thought To'o really stood up. He's been, he's been a little bit quiet by his standards, if I'm being honest. And again, by his standards compared to everyone else, he's still running bloody... 180 metres, 200 metres, but he was massive. Two tries, 238 metres, seven tackle breaks, uh, a line break. He was absolutely so important for their go forward and, you know, just proving why he's a premier winger. 
big just game. To, uh, just, just one thing I was thinking about the other day. Like, obviously, when Penrith won that comp last year, the entire final series was dominated by their defence. Their attack wasn't that crash hot. Mm. I was just doing some quick maths then. I believe that in the finals last year, they scored a grand total of 42 points and won the comp. They scored 27 the other night in their first game back with their halfback. I think this is their biggest finals win ever. Yeah, I think, that wouldn't surprise me. I honestly yeah. think it's their biggest finals win ever. Could you check that if there is about? But I, I think I remember... Well, it, it's definitely bigger than any score they had last year. It's it's double, I think, their best score they yeah. had last year, which is the grand final, essentially. Um, so, yeah, if their attack is on, which it seemingly is... Mm. Well, remember, we, I, we discussed, I think, oh, a few weeks ago, how, you know, a couple of years ago, Penrith would come out and they'd blitz you first 20 minutes and their attack was just crazy. They get to the Storm grand final, they try and do that, doesn't work. Then they come out the next year and their attack's not even humming. It's almost like not that great, but they just bash teams. They win a grand final off defense. And that's what I was, I'm scared with, with Cleary, scared in a good way of like, if he comes back and brings that attack on top of that defense, yeah, they almost become, not almost, they become unbeatable, literally. It's the, uh, it's the second highest amount of points that this, this Penrith squad has scored in a game. They scored 29 against the Roosters in their first finals game a few years ago. Really? They won that one 29 28. Remember when? Okay, but the margin wise, it's the margin biggest. Margin wise, it's their biggest. Yeah, yeah, wow. Wow. Against a bloody good side, too. Yeah. Full strength Parramatta. Yeah. And it's, again, don't let the, the score fool you. The first half was, you know, I yep. thought it was Parramatta, the, uh, the Eels that were dominating. Uh, Isaiah Yo. Just a, a real good, solid game. 36 tackles, zero misses, 130 metres. Um, the it really interesting, I think Ivan Cleary deserves a bit of credit for this new uh, phase of starting Mitch Kenny and bringing Api Corosau because it's like almost uh, like Api Corosau is one of the best hookers in the comp. And so 99% of, well, nine out of 10 coaches are going, I'm getting him on the field as much as possible. But he is so confident in his players and also confident in his game plan. You know, he is starting Mitch Kenny to get through the brutal defence and he was really good in defence on the weekend and then bringing on Appy, Appy to blow the game open and, and it worked. It really worked. Yeah, this, this is what I wanted Brad Fittler to do with the Blues during the year. I would have started Cook and have Appy off the bench. I just think that when he comes on fresh, the way, his ruck recognition and just his – even just the first two steps he takes out of dummy half every mm. single time, uh, he's he's an absolute fucking wizard, Appy. Mm. Yeah, I love what – did, did you hear him talking in the press conference after? No. He sort of like – they sort of asked him about it. Oh, I don't know if he's just playing a straight bat or not, but he sort of played it down that it wasn't like a big ploy to do it. Oh, he just yeah. did it a few weeks ago, and I sort of thought, fucking bullshit. Yeah, no, I Bullshit, you did it a few weeks ago just to give him a little bit of a break. You knew exactly what you were doing, and you've come up against a massive pack here, yeah. and you've done the exact same thing. I, um, I, I, I'm such a fan of how much Ivan has improved as a coach. Yep. In all aspects, the way he hand, like you don't hear a peep with him. You know, the, the biggest, the biggest drama we've heard from with Cleary in regards to press conferences was, was with Wayne Bennett. And at the time, we were all like, "Oh, Wayne, the old fox." But I'm not so convinced now that Ivan Cleary didn't fucking do that on purpose. When you look at it in hindsight, yeah, it's completely different. And I remember at the time thinking, "Oh, Wayne's absolutely got him a yeah, special, smashed him here." Yeah. Like, like Ivan Cleary, how could you be so silly? You've been quiet all year. And then you come out, <coughs> excuse me, then you come out before a grand final or whatever and what's going on here? Yep. And so at the time, I'm with you. I was sitting there going, Wayne has absolutely taken this younger coach to school. And now I look back on it and I'm going, with how shrewd this bloke has handled coaching, maybe he did, ha- like maybe he's playing the field a bit here. And he, he just, 
we never hear anything out of it. You know what I mean? Like Ivan Cleary is never in the papers for anything, and yet we're looking at one of the most dominant sides ever. And that's that's calculated in my opinion, and it's smart. Yeah, and even the way he talks in press conferences, like <clears throat> he says what needs to be said, mm. but the way that he says it isn't headline grabbing. Yeah, Like there's some sentences that he say that I'm like, for example, if Ricky Stewart said that in mm. the tone that Ricky Stewart would say it, it'd be front page, it'd blow up. Mm. But just the way that Ivan delivers what he says, uh, it's it's so impressive. And that, I can't wait. Now, now we've given Ivan Cleary two weeks to plan for his next game. Yeah, I, I wonder, like, are we going to see something else happen before the finals? I don't know, you know? Like, is he going to play He'll some... plan a little something Yeah, plan a little yeah. seed somewhere again. So I've just gone through every year. Um, it is their biggest finals win. Their closest was in 1990. So That's... I mean, again, we're not even talking about that. The Panthers just won their biggest ever finals against one of the favourites. Amazing. They're just such an incredible organisation. I feel so privileged to be able to watch this. What I'm so happy is that I got to watch the birth of it. You know, I was there at Ground Zero when people were absolutely tearing Ivan Cleary and Nathan Cleary to shreds. Very easy to forget that. It was, I mean, you were there as well. How crazy was the the hate between, or like the hate of Ivan Cleary and Nathan Cleary that initially? It was crazy. Like crazy. Like you couldn't go a single post on Instagram without someone saying something about, you know, they need to go and rah, rah, rah. And now they are heroes, literally. Um, yeah, what a journey. What an incredible journey. Uh, look, we'll speak about Nathan Cleary again quickly. We spoke a bit about the origin stuff. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This kid, he's not a kid, he's obviously 24 years old. He's just, he's got style, he's got substance, he's enjoyable to watch, he's tough, he's humble. We are so lucky to have a superstar like him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and again, I'm not having a crack at Joey at all. I love the fact that Joey was a rogue. Like, please, let me be clear. Um, but I, I think people would have made the connection. I'm not talking about Joey at all. I'm just saying that, like, if you wanted a clean-cut superstar as your seven, as your hero, like, Cleary is that, like, to a T, to a T. Um, very different to Joey. Joey was a rogue. And, again, I love that about Joey because it it, it, it humanised him. It made him, I guess, like, one of us. Like, you know, oh, yeah, we well, make mistakes. He's funny. parties, one of the boys, all kind of stuff. But, like, Nathan Cleary, okay, obviously he had his TikTok stuff. And, honestly, when we look back at that, <laughs> seriously, who gives a shit? He is just such a perfect representation of the game. Diligent, works hard, tough, leader of men, takes criticism, bounces back when he struggles. Just incredible. And I, I think the most underrated thing about him is that, you know, he's obviously got all the ability in the world. And the game the other night was a game where you saw all the highlights. But when he got to the grand final last year and, you know, assessed pretty quickly, we're not going to score many points here. Mm. My kicking game just <coughs> needs to be – it was a boring game for Nath Cleary. Mm. It was a tough, boring game, but he's just got that ability to – win in so many ways which is scary and my favorite thing about him and it was why i love joey and freddie so much his defense is unbelievable yeah he whacks yeah. he defends like a back rower it's joey it's one of joey's underrated things i think oh mate so underrated we always talk about joey's i would honestly say joey to this day and probably forever is the best ball player just his ability to to create spaces 
and execute in these tight areas. I just, again, I'm, I'm not, I've been watching the game for 50 years, so apologies if there is someone before that, but I just have never seen anything like that. And so that's what we focus on a lot. You go back to that, that 2005, 2005 series and you look at that um, inside ball to Budiris when he goes, he's looking like, comes back, steps back off his right, comes back and hits Budiris and we focus on this incredible, but his defence w- was like, he would hit blokes. Yeah. He would hit blokes. Joey, what I would give to see him in the modern game. Well, like, like him, I always think like him and Freddie, like you could have put them in the back row and they would have been the best back rowers in rugby league at that time as Mate. well. Like the just what I'd, I just what I'd give to see Joey in the modern game, and that was the other Fuck. thing with Joey. Like he would, and I think it's what separates him from other halfbacks. Like if you compare him to a Cooper Cronk, for example, like Cooper, if if his forward pack wasn't winning, Cooper could potentially kick them out of trouble. Mm. Mate, if Joey's forward pack wasn't winning, he'd get there in second tackle and say, get the fuck out of the way, yeah. I'll do it. Mate, and amazing. then they just get off the back of him and they yeah. go, and it's such a rare thing. And we, we've seen it with Nath over the years. There was a game against, it was the Cowboys last year where, where or, or whenever Cohen Hess was on that big tear and he snapped him in half, mm. two mm. or three tackles in a row, and he's just got, and, a, and you can't, it's so hard to emulate when your halfback gets up and does something like that. Yeah. Mm. Like your forwards at that point look at each other and go, Fuck, okay. Yeah. Our seven's doing our job. Yeah. We've got a lift now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, man, <laughs> like, he, I just, he's 24. He's 24. Or 25. Is he 24 or 25? He's 24 years old. Um, and, like, there's a reason why guys like Joey and Freddie speak so highly of Cleary. Another thing uh, Danica, Macy, Danica Mason uh, said on her show with Joey, for, uh, the show with Joey and Freddie and that, it's so good. It, it is so good. They're such fucking legends. Anyway, um, enough enough. Joey and Freddie Love. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but it's just so good to watch. And sometimes, like, you, they might be cruising, laughing a little bit, like having jokes from each other, and then they'll just flick into footy mode and they'll just hit you with this fucking incredible and you're going, holy, where did that come from? Um, but, yeah, Danica Mason just said on uh, her show with Andrew Johns that Isaiah Yo told, like, they were interviewing Isaiah Yo and they were like, oh, how's Cleary going? And they said, Cleary's actually been more dedicated. And they were kind of like, well, what do you mean? They said, Cleary's been cutting up footage of other teams and going to different players and going, look at this, look at this, look at this. And you're going, brah, this guy's a 24-year-old cutting up footage for the other players. When I heard that, and this was a couple of days before the Penrith game, I was like, oh, I'm wrong. He doesn't need another game. This guy is in the fucking zone. Um, Yeah, so amazing, amazing. Cleary's amazing. Panthers are amazing. What an incredible privilege it is to watch these guys play footy. Just one last thing on Penrith. <coughs> they're in the prelim for NRL. They're in the grand final for New South Wales Cup. They're in the prelim for Jersey Flag. They've already won the SG ball. They could win all four grades. <laughs> and this is what I'm talking about. Like the Melbourne Storm have done what they've done. And I and it's probably the the best feat in Australian sport history. Like to go down to Victoria, a non rugby league state, and do what they have done over the last twenty three years or 20, oh, 20 years roughly, is is probably the greatest feat in Australian sport, or at least one of them. The scary thing is for the Panthers, they are in the heartland of rugby league, the heartland of rugby league with the best system in the comp right now, right now. It is just scary to see where this club could end up. It's scary to see. Cleary could play for – he could play for another 10 years 
And he'd only be hitting DCE's age now, wouldn't he? Yeah, and, and that's the thing as well. Like, you look at DCE, you look at Cameron Smith, how old they played to. I mean, personally, I think that if their career started 10, 15 years earlier than what it did, sports science would have, wouldn't have got them to where they are today. Mm. I don't think they would have played as long as they have. Mm. Mate, think about what's going to happen over the next 10 years. Like, Nathan Cleary... We're saying he's got 10 years left. He could have 12 and 13 years left, realistically. He hasn't really had any major injuries as it stands right now. He's always going to be in a top-shelf quality team. They, you know, like The way that uh, the other thing with the Penrith Panthers is like whenever players get injured, they all return <coughs> earlier than what we're told originally. Their whole setup. The whole setup is insane. Yeah, like they, they barely have any long-term injuries. Like They're the one club over the last three years that hasn't been absolutely decimated. There's another thing about Cleary that often gets forgotten. We have to remember, he needed a shoulder reconstruction last year before the grand final. He chose not to take it, rehab it naturally, won the grand final. Goes off, gets a shoulder reco, comes back, wins a minor premiership. Just, fuck, honestly, Penrith Panthers, incredible. If you do get an opportunity and you're around at 1pm this Saturday, Leichhardt Oval, the Roosters play the Panthers in the jersey flag. Is it the grand final, Matty, or not? Or is it? No, I think this is to get into the... This is getting into the grand yeah. final. Fuck, there are some, some stars <laughs> in both those teams that you'll see over the next few years. It'll be a cracker. It's a special episode because it's brought to you by none other than the rugby league guru, the great gurino. And you may be saying as you look at me, Beak, you are looking hot today. And I say... Thanks, bro. I do look hot. And you know why I look hot? Because I am wearing the great Rugby League Guru shirt. That is right. You go to rugbyleagueguru.com.au. You can grab yourself a Rugby League Guru shirt. If you enjoy this show, here's here's a part of this show. So you want to support the great Guru, you know. And as I said, if it can make me look hot, it can make anyone look hot. But I've got the great Gurino here. How you going, brother? Good, mate. You're pulling it off. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. It's fantastic. I'm, you know, feeling good, looking good, podcast good. They always say that. They always, always say that. Always said it. Yeah, if you want to buy a T-shirt or a hat, uh, rugbyleagueguru.com.au. We've got the print on the back as well there. Looks mate. like better from the back, Kempi, just quietly. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. And then I turned around and she was like, ooh. That had my, my nose literally nearly poked her eye out. Um, but it's about my personality. It's about my personality. So rugbyleagueguru.com.au. Grab a shirt, guys. They're, they're, they're great shirts. Comfy, easy to wear. I'll be wearing mine to the gym later. Uh, and it supports the great Gurino. So rugbyleagueguru.com.au. It's the best way to support Guru. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.